Today is a very special episode. I have not recorded anything for about a month, and the reason is I have been out of the country. I've actually been in Kenya with my son Wyatt uh, for the last three weeks or so, and we have been blessed to spend that time there uh, living with an amazing Kenyan family. Uh, We were in a town called Kisi, and most importantly, we have been establishing our church there. For the last two years, I have been working closely with uh, another pastor there. His name is Pastor Benson Guaco. I had actually never met him face to face, but we have developed a really good relationship uh, over distance, through messaging, through video chat, and we finally decided that it was time to go there, uh, see what was happening on the ground, and to begin doing the work of actually establishing the Way Ministry Church Kenya. We actually legally registered it in Kenya about a a little over a year ago, and uh, it has grown since then. But this was just a blessing to be able to go, to preach, to spend time with the pastors, and to uh, be with Kenyans for three weeks who were just an amazing blessing. So this is a very special episode. And what it's about is something that happened uh, right before we left on this trip that was one of the greatest trials I've ever been through. I've been a Christian for a long time. I've been in ministry for quite a few years. But uh, something happened right before this trip that almost stopped the trip. And it was a very fearful and a very hard trial that I had to go through. But the Lord like he does so many things, he turned it into an amazing blessing. So uh, this is actually from this last Sunday when I shared about this experience. Uh, So pardon the sound quality. This is a second generation uh, release of this, I guess you could say. But I pray that you would listen. I hope you'd be blessed by it. So please give it a listen. Thank you. A couple psalms have special meaning to me after this trip. A lot of the psalms do. I love the psalms. First one is a portion of Psalm 40, verses 1 through 3, and it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and he heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. And the other is 50, Psalm 50, verse 22. I think it's 23. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. The one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. The main one was 41 through 3. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. I don't know if anyone noticed, and if anybody did, I apologize. For a couple weeks before we left on this trip, um, I was distracted. I wasn't real. I don't know what the right word would be. I had something going on that was taking my mind away. I was under a pressure and a burden that I had felt like I couldn't share with anyone until I had figured out what the Lord wanted to do with it. I'll go over this stuff later. 
Um, as you guys know, I communicated with Benson for two years before we went on this trip. And a lot of people contact me wanting help. And a lot of them are con artists. A lot of them, I know right from the start, I can't trust. Some of them I feel like I can trust. And after a short time, they do something. And I realize that they're not a good person. They're not somebody we should be affiliated with. Benson proved himself to me. He showed himself to be doctrinally, doctrinally concerned. And he seemed to be striving to be on the narrow path. So I made a decision to trust him. Trust is something we have to decide to do. And I made a decision to trust him. But because we had never met face to face, there were times when I was second guessing myself. Is this the right decision? Am I doing the right thing? Can I truly trust this man? There was always just that little shadow back there because we had never met face to face. Well, about six months ago, another man contacted me from Kenya. His name was Samuel Kabata, who claimed to be another pastor. And there was just something about this guy I didn't like. And, and right after a very short time, he was asking me for money for different things. And I told him, I said, we, we do not send money unless you're actually a part of the Way Ministry Church Kenya. I apologize. I can't do that. And he kept asking me, he kept asking me. And finally, he got angry and he said, so you won't even send me $20. And I said, it's not the amount, it's the principle that we've made a decision to support the Way Ministry Church Kenyan until a pastor is brought into that fold. We can't just be sending money out nilly-willy to anybody that asks for it. There's too many con artists in the world. Well, this is about six months ago. Well, two weeks before our trip, I got an email from him. And he just said, do you know this man? And he had three or four pictures of Benson. And he said, this man has a terrible reputation in our area. He's a gangster. He's a con artist. He will make your life miserable. He will try to take everything you have. And it's very possible that he will kill you if you don't do what he asks. Now, when he sent this to me, it was like a knife in my stomach. I'll never forget the feeling. It was about 11 o'clock at night I read this. And I thought, oh, it's two weeks till we have to leave. And now I get this. You know, how do I deal with this? Um, it was a very hard night because I was trying to figure out how to internalize this and how to process this information that this guy was giving me. So I prayed about it, and I decided to go back. I have every correspondence between Benson and I over the last two years. So I went all the way back to the beginning, and I, and I spent two or three hours in my office just going through every conversation we had looking for some inconsistency, something that would show me that Benson wasn't for real. And after I went through everything, I couldn't find anything. So I thought, I'm just going to tell Benson what this man has told me. And Benson responded, and, and he responded with, he said, I don't know what I can say. He said, I've never had a criminal background. I'm a man of God. And then he responded with Philippians, I think it was 4-4. Do not be anxious about anything. And as you guys know, that's one of my favorite verses. So that was very powerful to me. The problem was, do I tell my wife about this? Do I tell Wyatt about this? He's going with me. Do I tell my parents about this? Do I tell you guys about this? And I felt as soon as I told someone else about this, I, wasn't, I may not follow what the Lord's leading was. Because I was still second-guessing. 
I've been in third world countries. I've had guns pulled on me in places I shouldn't be. I know the desperation of people that are trapped in poverty, and many of them will do anything to try to get out of their situation. And I just kept thinking, is Benson just a brilliant con artist? Could this be something where he gets us in a car in a city like Nairobi where we don't know our way around, we don't speak the language? He could do anything with us, you see? Before, when I was in dangerous situations, I was by myself. Now I'm taking my only child with me into potential life-threatening danger. So this was wrenching me for two weeks. I mean, it was, I would feel very good about it. I would pray about it. After Benson's message, I felt like I could trust him. But then it was like Satan would come in and he would just pull the rug out from under me. And it was like this burden was crushing me. So it was a two weeks of just an emotional roller coaster up and down. Am I doing the right thing? Should I just go by myself and not risk Wyatt, you know? And then horrendous thoughts of what if it is something like this? What if Lori's left alone? Um, it was, it was I, I have to say, it was the most mental anguish that I can ever remember being under, trying to decide if I was doing what God was leading me to do, or if he was leading me, or if, I was trying to figure out if God was showing me I should turn away from this, or Satan was trying to keep me from it. I couldn't make that discernment. So I prayed and prayed, and then that last Sunday we had church service, and the four of us went and got something to eat after church. We were supposed to leave, you know, 4 o'clock the next morning to go to the airport, and Wyatt still needed some items for our trip, so after dinner, Lori and Wyatt and Maddie decided to go get some stuff he needed, and I was going to go home and start packing, and I was still, I was anxious. I couldn't focus. Um, I, I just I, I just wanted to know that he was saw. I wanted to know we weren't going into something horrific. And Lori had told me, I forgot to mention, a few days before, she'd found the email. And I felt like I assured her that I could trust Benson. But obviously, she now had this weighing on her. Well, she felt like she should let Wyatt and Maddie know about this. So they came home. You know, it's 10 o'clock, Sunday night, we're supposed to leave at 4 in the morning, and now they're reading the email. And I'm just like, what am I supposed to do? Should we just cancel this? What What are we going to do? Because we were just all so concerned. Maddie actually got physically ill from the thing. I mean, it was so stressful in our house, you know, trying to figure out what to do. And I finally told him, I said, I don't. I can't imagine that God's going to bring us through two years of this and lead us into something dangerous. I just don't think that would happen. You know, I think we have to just trust the Lord. But even as I said that, I got to admit, I was struggling to trust the Lord. You know, so I didn't sleep at all. And I finally went to bed about midnight, had to get up at three, and I didn't sleep a wink. Uh, we went to the airport. It was so hard to say goodbye to, to Lori and Maddie. And White and I flew to Seattle, and we had a 12-hour wait in Seattle. So we, we hung around in the city, and all the time we were in Seattle, my emotions were up and down. I would, I would be joking around. We'd be happy. And then he would go to the restroom or something, and I'd be alone, and that darkness would come on me. Are we going into something that I shouldn't be taking my son? Am I doing what God's leading me to do, or is he telling me to, to run from this? And we flew to Amsterdam, and we had a 12-hour layover in Amsterdam, and we were just exhausted. And again, it was just this, this up and down. You know, I was just trying to, to keep myself focused 
but I just, there was just, just this unknown and I was getting these horrific ideas in my mind. What if he does pick us up at the airport and just takes us to a warehouse and holds us hostage? I mean, these things happen in these countries. You know, it was, it was so frightening to me. And then we left from Amsterdam to Nairobi and it's about an eight hour flight and about four hours into it. The only way I can explain it is I felt like I was being emotionally and mentally tortured. I've never suffered like that in my mind. And I think I, I think I just had like a bit of a nervous breakdown. I'm not someone that cries, but I began to think about what if something happens to me and he's left alone in Nairobi or something happens to him or something happens to both of us and Lori's left alone. And I woke quiet up and I just started bawling. I mean, I was, I, I had nothing left. I had no faith left. I didn't know what to do. And I felt like within four hours, I was going into something that was more scary than anything I'd ever done. And it just went back to this guy's email, you know. And I just sat there and I just, I cried and my son just held my hand, you know. And I didn't, I, I, I can't explain it. I had no faith at all. I was just... The way I explained it to some of the people in, in my last sermon I preached when I shared about this in Nairobi was I was preaching about the narrow path and I said, I just wanted off the narrow path so bad. I just wanted a side route. You know, I didn't want to be on the narrow path anymore. I, I just was being absolutely torn apart. I was so fearful. When we got on the plane, though, in Amsterdam, White and I sat down and this, this little woman came up. And she sat next to me and I introduced myself. She introduced herself and she said she was flying to Zimbabwe. She's from Zimbabwe. Her husband is, lives in the Netherlands. He's Dutch. And she goes back a few times a year to see her mom and to take care of her family in Zimbabwe. And she asked me what we were doing. And I said, I'm a pastor. My son and I are going. Our church is starting a branch in Kenya. And she said, this is before all this breakdown she said so you're a christian and i said yeah she goes a real holy spirit filled gospel focused christian and i said absolutely and she goes i have been traveling back and forth between the netherlands and zimbabwe for 15 years and i've wanted to sit next to a brother or sister in christ a christian and i never have praise the lord and she was the most beautiful and she was 63 her her dad was black her mom was white raised in Zimbabwe, just this beautiful accent that she had. So we had, we had talked a little bit about the Lord and about, you know, Christianity before we took off. But then, like I said, four hours into this flight, I was just an absolute wreck. Wyatt comforted me in a way that I think only a child could. But I was still just, I was really thinking about getting off the plane, sneaking out of the airport, getting a hotel room so we could rest for one night and, and flying home. It was just too much. For, I, I couldn't deal with the possibility of what could happen if this guy was giving me a true warning. Everybody started waking up about two hours before the plane landed, and, and her name was Cynthia. She woke up, and, and we started talking, and I said, listen, I said, I don't know if you heard what was going on between my son and I, but I just had a really bad night. And I said, I'm just really concerned about this trip. And she took my hand and she said, I have no doubt. The Lord has shown me that there is going to be a great work done in Kenya because you guys are going there. She said, I knew that when you told me what you were doing. 
And she said, you have nothing to worry about. And as she's saying this, it's like this darkness is just dripping off. The pressure and the burden is just being lifted. And she said, let's pray. And she took Wyatt's hand and my hand, and we sat there and prayed. And as she was praying for us, it was like the stress was just, it was amazing. The Holy Spirit was just filling me with such confidence and faith. And all the pressure was just being lifted off me. And I'll never forget that. I've never experienced God strengthening me like he strengthened me when that lady was praying for Wyatt and I. I mean, I was just, it's hard for me not to cry right now. And, and Nairobi, I couldn't even get through it. I was crying and the pastors were crying. But it was the most amazing experience of my life when she told me that and then she prayed for us. And then we landed in Nairobi and, and I, I was confident. I didn't have any issues walking out of the airport. And Wyatt and I had told each other when we were in the, the darkest part of it, we said, we put, we actually put our pocket knives on the outside of our suitcases in case we needed them for protection. And we said, when we go out of the airport and we meet these guys, I said, we will not go anywhere until we both assure each other that we're comfortable, you know? So we got off the plane and we, we smelled, we looked horrendous because we've been traveling for like two and a half days. So we went to the bathroom and changed our shirts and cleaned up a little bit. And Benson had texted me and told me which exit he was at. And we came out of the airport and I looked Benson in the eyes and I just hugged him. Hmm. I just knew. And he was with three pastors that were the most amazing men of God. And I looked at what? And he said, I said, are you okay? And he said, absolutely. You know? And, um, it was, it was the most amazing thing to hug him and then to meet uh, Pastor Patrick, who he was with, who was our driver the whole three weeks we were there, and then the two other pastors that they were with. And I texted Lori, and I just said, we're with brothers in Christ. There's nothing to worry about. You know, but it was the coolest thing. As soon as I saw him from 20 feet away, I knew Benson was my brother in Christ. I knew he was for real, and I truly could trust this guy. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. Um, it's a, it was a Why radical. The lady was a gift. Huh? The lady. She was oh, the lady was an angel that God put yes. in. I and I've said everybody was raving about my faith when I shared this with them. There, they said, you know, they were saying you have the faith of Abraham to do something like that. I said, no, I have no faith at all. I had nothing left. I was ready to shrivel up and go home. And God put an angel in the seat next to me because he knew I had nothing left. And the only way I was walking <laughs> off that plane is with the strength of the Holy Spirit through her. I mean, it was it was a radical experience. And I'm telling you, I have not been the same since that time. And I don't think I'll ever be the same again. I have no doubt what God can do if we trust him. Even when we absolutely fail in our trust and our faith is just deleted, depleted. He will take us through the, in the most beautiful, amazing way, you know. Um, I gave her my card. I hope she contacts us, but I'm telling you, it was it, it was an experience that was so painful, but because of what I got out of it, I don't think I'd trade it for anything in the world. Because, like I said, I pray that the Lord will strengthen my faith all the time, and that strengthened my faith to know that she's been waiting to sit next to a brother or sister in Christ for 15 years. And she sat next to me when I needed somebody so bad. So praise the Lord for her. Thank you for listening to this episode, folks. You can find us on the web at thewayradio.net. On Facebook, you can find us uh, in the Way Radio group. 
We also have the Recovery Reformation page, and we have a page for the church, The Way R12. If you have questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at chad at the way, the letter R, 122.org.